It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. of a bonus podcast for us because we decided we wanted to talk about what happened after we recorded our podcast for the week last week. I went off after we talked and turned on the TV and there was Obama meeting with the GOP yeah, in Baltimore. It was, it it was, was remarkable. For 82 minutes, did you say? I think That's it was. Just about 82 minutes. He was on live, real-time fielding questions, 140 to 1. Mm-hmm. Um, smack in the Republicans' backyard. Uh, no script, no teleprompters. Uh, That's right. Minutes. There were no teleprompters. No, he wasn't. No, no, he wasn't no. reading. A, I mean, I think he did have a, an intro, some introductory remarks. Yeah, yeah. He, I believe he did. But this was all unscripted. He was invited. He did not. You know, the Marines did not. He fight didn't his crash. Way in yeah, there. he didn't crash the party. He, yeah, he was invited by Republicans to come and speak to their. Uh, on their retreat, mm-hmm. um, the 140, my understanding is 140 Republicans were there versus one Democrat. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the questions were the recitation of Republican bumper sticker. And this was like ripping the curtains off and opening the windows in an opium den mm-hmm. um, because they kept reciting these bizarre um, claims and these lies and these talking points. But it wasn't, they weren't saying them on talk radio where nobody's going to challenge them. This was a case where they were so used to having this internal, hateful, delusional dialogue fueled by talk radio talking points mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. so long, they'd mm-hmm. forgotten that they're lying. They started mm-hmm. believing their own bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here comes this guy who, says, who just disassembled them, mm-hmm. who just took out the long sword and took them apart and very, very politely, never raised his voice, mm-hmm. was calm the entire time. Uh, but just had, had a, a mastery of the facts, and mm-hmm. they, 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 he left them sort of gasping. And like he did fish. not say Bush. I don't think he. No. You know, while we're talking about the kind, the words that Barack Obama never uses. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he's, say George Bush. Oh, he's, you know, he doesn't inflame people like that. Or over the last eight years, mm-hmm. which includes Congress, which includes uh, the Democratic Congress, and mm-hmm. he was really, he was far. You know, he didn't suit my tastes in that he was far too. Differential? Uh, well, no, even-handed. You know, yeah. my party does it, and things happen on my side of the aisle without wrangling over the fact that essentially we tried to play nice with you people for ten years. Mm-hmm. It was called the you know nineties. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So the left became a lot more uh, strident and a lot more aggressive because it turned out that that's the only thing that worked. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, he didn't. I guess he didn't want to have that conversation. And I can't say as I blame him, but he was as diplomatic and as grown up, and as thoughtful and as professorial as you could ever hope someone like that would be. And he went right into the lion's den. L y i n apostrophe s. Mm-hmm. Went right into the lion's <laughs> den and took them on in their own backyard and just whipped them stupid. And you would think this is where you know the alternate reality of media pops up. Mm-hmm. You would think that the Democratic president who's been called an empty suit and a Bolshevik and a socialist and a Nazi showing up smack in the middle of his – you know, they, they, the um, 
you know, they, they he prepareth me a table before mine enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. he goes right into the valley of darkness and emerges with all their heads on his belt. Mm-hmm. You would think that would be that would be groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. That would be the, that the, to me, having watched it in real time, that was arguably the most important political conversation event I've seen in 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 years. It was astonishing. It really was just remarkable. And it, you know, there are state of the unions every year, and there are elections every couple of years. This was this was qualitatively different than anything you've ever seen before, and it directly addressed so many problems in our media. It took them head on and showed which side is right and which side is wrong, mm-hmm. clearly. And, of course, that meant it got virtually no coverage in the mainstream press. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was apart the part that was... Apart from MSNBC. Apart from MSNBC. That turned off and, their shows for Friday night and just covered that for yeah. three hours. But Apart from that, it was Fox cut away. Yeah, from the live coverage from of the, the president coverage. and the Senate, yeah, and the Congress, yeah. To to talk about, you know, to comment on, to to spin what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of conservative commentators. Charles Krauthammer is the one I can think of off the top of my head who actually said, "Look, he went in there, he did a good job. You got to give him that." But across the board, the media refused to talk about it. This is the equivalent, the political equivalent of a of a hurricane. Mm-hmm. And the media is saying, well, 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 you know, we'll give it seven seconds at the end of our broadcast, or we'll mention it at the beginning as a stepping-off point, as opposed to look, the 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 event itself was so remarkable and so singular that we really have to take it apart and talk about it as an event. Mm-hmm. Nobody did that except MSNBC. Right. Nobody, absolutely nobody, did that, and that just. You know, at this point, I just shrugged my shoulders. And yep. Well, Blue Gal, you know, you and me and the blogosphere are all that's left of the media. Yeah. Because if if there's an embargo on rational debate because it screws up their weird frame their of narrative. having to have yeah. people fight and argue, and there's two sides to every story, and let's have a, a douchebag Republican and a and a wishy-washy Democrat on on the puppet show every damn time, and this screws that up. So we're not going to so cover it. So we're just not going to – we're going to pretend it didn't exist. Yeah. We're going to yeah. pretend it was, it was background noise. You know, that that was what impressed me so much. You said, you know, one side's right and the other's wrong. But it to me, that wasn't the frame that Obama used. The, the nope. frame that I saw the president using was one side is grown up and practical and looking for results. And, you know, if you've got an idea and you are you can show me through an independent studier of these things that what you're proposing will work, uh-huh. I'll adopt it. And, and here are some examples of where I have done that. Yeah, and here are some examples of where I've done that. And what he got back then was, wee, 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 wee. you know, well, we want to – you're not cutting taxes across the board. So when Obama counters them with facts, they pull out this fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, they pull out lies. Yeah. They pull out the lies they've been telling themselves for years mm-hmm. about liberals and about and tax Democrats cuts. Yeah. About tax cuts and about the economy mm-hmm. and about this president specifically. Yeah. This is where I, I believe it goes from the farcical to the tragic. This is the cream of the crop of the second major political party in the largest and most powerful country on earth. This is it. 
These mm-hmm. lying, self-deluding imbeciles are the very best the Republican Party can offer up. And the media, again, the one thing you're not allowed to say in the yeah. media is that Republicans are fools, that their economic policies are failures. You're just you're just not allowed to say that. Well, let's so, switch gears just a little bit because please. I want to hear what I want to hear what you have to say about Obama, Obama's temperament and the stark difference between Obama and the Republicans in terms of temperament, attitude, IQ. Because when I was watching this, I was thinking of two other times in the media where I've seen this kind of smackdown happen. Mm-hmm. One was where Stephen Colbert was on uh, Bill O'Reilly's show. Yes. And yes. Here is a guy, here's a comedian who has an IQ of 150, whatever, something way up there. Absolutely, in both when he was on O'Reilly's show and when O'Reilly was on his show, just dancing around him with the, um, I'm thinking about when he was on the Colbert Report, when O'Reilly came on the Colbert Report, and there's the Mission Accomplished banner. Yeah. And saying yeah. to O'Reilly, well, you know, John Stewart is a sexual predator. You wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. And like whoosh. <laughs> yeah. And you just was, see, you see the. You he see, was firing at will. I mean, yeah, you, just like, was, oh, I'm just going to, I'm even, just going to take you down because I'm so much smarter than you are. I can do this without breaking a sweat. It was fish in a barrel. Absolutely. It really was. It was and not then, even a contest. Remember when uh, that. Uh, housewife, quote unquote, from Pennsylvania, Katie, Katie Abrams, Abrams was on with yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell. I do. And Lawrence O'Donnell says to her, "Well, is your dad gonna, you know, are your parents going to go ahead and forego Medicare when they turn 65 uh-huh. because it's a socialized medicine? It's socialized medicine." Uh-huh. And you know, and she her- just had to giggle and say, "Well, you know, we don't talk politics. Well, of course you don't talk politics with your parents because they wouldn't." <laughs> They wouldn't have an answer for you to that. Of course, they're going to go on Medicare. They're waiting. Uh-huh. They're counting the days until they can go on Medicare. Well, you could I don't hear talk it politics voice. with my parents. Yeah. Where, where, uh, when I'm going to lose? Yeah. I don't talk politics when I'm out of my depth. Yeah. So I'd rather stick to slogans mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. silly little ideas about you know take government takeover of this and socialize that because that's easy. Yeah, but um, that but I think that gets back to to a meta issue about the presidency which is you know we we live in um a time of anxiety and that's something that i love about rachel maddow is that she pointed out that the healthcare debate raised anxiety in everybody uh-huh. and that that's why it was so contentious is that people felt like they were going to lose their health care or they had lost their health care or they had good health care and that was going to be taken away from them and the government was going to get in between them and their doctor and so on and so forth. Everybody who ha- everybody has a stake in health care and it raises everybody's anxiety level. We're in a recession. That raises everybody's anxiety level. And uh-huh. we have we're at war and there's a, a sense of being in danger or being vulnerable to attack by domestic terrorists or foreign terrorists or whatever. There, so there are these three areas where everyone is feeling a sense of anxiety. And we expect the president 
to be to keep us safe you know there's there seems to be this tremendous pressure on the presidency to fix everything uh-huh. to make it okay one of the things i think is interesting about that is that there is a segment of the population that wants the presidential parent to be like them which means stupid yeah and there's another segment of the population that wants the president to be smarter than they are uh-huh. and competent. But the the segment of the population that wants to drink beer with the president is extraordinarily threatened by the president that is smarter than they are. Yes. I really think that the the reason that Obama will never sell with some people has much less to do with race than it has to do with he's smarter than they are. And he's smarter than they are by a lot. Well, and if you're smarter than someone, mm-hmm. that means you can fool them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're just about as dumb as they are, then you can trust them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is, and you take take a very big brain and put it inside of a black guy. I know. Yeah. Give yeah. him a Harvard education yep. and make yeah. him president of the United States, and you just hit every, you know, yep. fear button. Yep. Mm-hmm. On the right, mm-hmm. and make him a liberal. Yep. yep. Make him a, well. He's not really a liberal. He's mm-hmm. a centrist. Yeah. He's a pragmatic central right Democrat. He's yeah. a dem- he's a, you know he's a centrist Democrat. Yeah. But make him everything that they fear, and put him in the middle of a time of anxiety, mm-hmm. as you're By absolutely anxiety. right in yeah. pointing out. Uh, and you have a recipe for complete psychological meltdown, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you have a media on the right and a politics on the right that is that feeds off of complete psychological breakdown. Right. Again, you, you have people who are fairly ignorant who want, you know, there's there's a, the saying, I don't want knowledge, I want certainty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what the right offers them is certainty. Mm-hmm. God loves you. America yeah. is great. Ronald Reagan was the best person ever. Liberals hate your country. There's no nuance. There's no subtlety. There's It's all bumper mm-hmm. sticker. It's mm-hmm. all absolutes. Mm-hmm. Yes, no with us or against us Mm -hmm. and when you're afraid and you're not very bright that's what you want you know you you do want to cling to your gun and your god because those are the things that you You know are always going to be there and you can count on them the right feeds your fear they feed your dread you know they whisper in your ear literally through radio Mm -hmm. whisper in your ear that your government has been taken over by evil people by Mm -hmm. socialists and you you know this is not new this is what they were saying about clinton 15 years ago Clinton was a socialist. Clinton hates America. Clinton is the great threat. Clinton is a monster. Clinton is trying to destroy America. Mm-hmm. Clinton murdered his political enemies. Yep. Clinton is a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. And it's the same people saying. And so but it you, explains the appeal of a Sarah Palin also. Oh, sure. And it explains why mm-hmm. Fox, you know, Fox ratings are so high. Yep. There is a, the media on the right is devoted to telling angry, bigoted people that it's okay to be angry and bigoted. Mm-hmm. And you'll never go broke doing that. Yeah. You'll also destroy the country doing that. And that's and, but and that's the, the way it was in the 30s with Father Coughlin. That's the sure. way you know it, such as it ever was. But now they've gotten. I really do think this is this is different because now they've really consolidated. You know, the right has their own church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that has its own satellite system. They have their own television network. They have their own printing system. They have their own alternate reality. And, and Republicans who want to get elected to office, and we should never forget that the reason they spew these ridiculous, delusional lies is because they want the votes of the people who 
believed that crap. I did research today uh, in preparation for this on Mike Pence, uh-huh. who's who's the guy who said, you know, why, Mr. President, won't you just do a comprehensive across-the-board tax cut for everyone uh-huh. instead of uh-huh. boutique uh, Jimmy Carter. I just love that. I love yeah. that when he just, you know, Jimmy Carter tax cuts won't work, Mr. President. You know, oh, <laughs> you know, we're not allowed to mention George Bush, but we can mention Jimmy Carter, a <laughs> one-term sure. president sure. from the 70s. <laughs> we're allowed to. But the guy who was president 11 months ago, you uh-huh. know, 13 it's months ago, it's off limits. But I, so I did a little research on him. And one of the things that brought him to prominence was the approval of Laura Ingram. Oh. That's nice. <laughs> I thought you'd love that. That's nice. And also, um, William Crystal likes him oh, a lot. That's I'm, I, you could knock me over with a feather. Really I'm shocked <laughs> that the reason that Mike Pence was given his is given manhood, his let's exactly say, exactly is because right wing talk radio and right neoconservative ghouls yep gave him his blessing gave, gave a, as a good looking white evangelical Christian Midwesterner sure. Well, the reason Sarah Palin came into yep. existence was yep. Bill Crystal. Yep, said she fished her out she of Alaska. Fits, she fits the profile of what we where we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just astonishing. And astonishing. The, and they know, but they know what fits the mold. Yep. And they and know word. that yeah. being, uh, be, liter- being bipartisan and being adult and being reasonable and listening to both sides of the issue will get you killed in a Republican election. Mm-hmm. So they've built a, a machine that only accepts one kind of person, and that kind of person is – and it's it's that's the thing that I think is different than the past. That machine is accelerating. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cranking out crazier. It's it's acting like a giant centrifuge, and it's and it's it's centrifuging out anyone who's reasonable, anybody who's thoughtful, and it's focusing and concentrating the crazy in more and more toxic levels. And so you have – Nobody inside the GOP, there's no reasonable people left. There are no thoughtful, you know, conservatives left inside the Republican Party. They're all gone. What what sets what sets my teeth on edge is the fact that there are lots of people who saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Well, let uh-huh. me ask you. I, I uh-huh. I've asked you this off the air, and we didn't really get into it because we we're going to talk about it here. The the only real audience for whom clearly this meeting on Friday will have any lasting impact, if if anyone will, are the the GOP members who attended the meeting. Yeah. And, you know, I was laughing the other day about uh, Virginia Fox, that wing-nutty, <laughs> insane woman from North Carolina um, who said, oh, yes, well, you know, the president lectured us but I got his autograph, you know, and, and the star power of, of the president was fine with her, but she's going to go back and do the wingnut lie, be part of the wingnut lie machine forever. And, but, but I want to know, do you think that any of them, that, the, that this is going to make any difference? One, there was one, I think from Colorado who said, yes, I'm going to go and look at these bills and I'm actually planning on voting with the president a time or two and i remember thinking okay gop primary in three two (laughs) you know that like you say there is no the teabaggers will be after him yeah for Um, voting once with the president on anything where's the bipartisanship then i i think that 
those days are over. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that um, if if all, for all of you science fiction fans out there, um, the the uh, Isaac Asimov Foundation trilogy uh, brings us to the moment when the galactic empire is collapsing, and people inside who are smart and who've done the analysis have figured out that nothing can stop it. So what they do is they establish an outpost whose job it is to simply make the dark ages that will inevitably occur only last a thousand years as opposed to 30,000 years. Mm. Um, I honestly think there's nothing that's going to stop the collapse of the Republican Party. Republicans in the GOP who are going to try to be reasonable and try to work with um, the president or work across the aisle, there might, you know, there might be a couple left, but you know, when every vote is 40, 41, flat out, no, 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 yeah. every single yeah. vote, yeah. There's there's nothing left to save inside the Republican Party, so I'm not I have no hope at all that the GOP can be saved. I'm trying to figure out what happens after it completely loses its mind and starts eating itself. Well, isn't that what's already happening? I mean, it's, yeah, that's it is. part Believe of it. Is you know all of a sudden these these teabaggers are at the door with birther fantasies and yeah. and people like um, David Brooks are saying, well, that's not my party. Well, yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it is. What all of us have been trying to warn the Republican Party and this country for a very long time is coming. If you keep pandering to crazy people and bigots and Mm -hmm. gun nuts Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. theocrats, it cannot end well. Well, and during a time of a recession and health care crisis and two wars and, and terrorist attacks, they have lots of ample opportunity to... Um, channel yeah. the anger of stupid people, as we have, there, have said. There are plenty of reasons to be angry. Yep. There are plenty yep. of reasons to be um, um, concerned about the future. Uh, but if you know, if you're standing there with a gas can in one hand and a lighter in the other, mm-hmm. wondering how the fire got started, yep. and, and this is an analogy that a lot of people have used, and then you know you ditch the gas can and the, and the lighter, and you stand on the sidelines and throw rocks at the fire department. Um, at some point, somebody has to grab you by the scruff of the neck and just beat the crap out of you. <laughs> you know, you know, somebody has to drag you into the public square and shine a big, bright spotlight on you and say, "No, see, you're the problem." Yeah. But that's our job. You, that's our job. Exactly. Here you are. Well, that's that's what media is supposed to do, and they won't. And that's what the political process is supposed to sort of mm-hmm. eventually surface. They're supposed to eventually get around to issues as yeah. opposed to personalities, and it doesn't. So since this the is media why is broken, blogging is important. Exactly. This Please. is why we blog. All we do is point our, is read the newspaper, watch what happens in politics, and talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's not it's a not whole hard. lot more complicated than that. Nope. But apparently, that is such an act of defiance these days that it makes it's us revolutionary, liberal Bolshevik outsider, America hating, yay, whatevers, <laughs> uh, along with the president of the United States. Yeah. So good on him. Good on him. Well, thank you, Driftglass. This was awesome. Yes, this has been a special This is a special episode. podcast. We'll be back again on Friday. Well, and it was required, I think. It was. It was. Because, you know, <laughs> when nobody else is talking about the most important thing that's happened, you sort of have to grab a microphone and do it yourself. And we did. And we did. Thank you, Thank Blue you Gal. for listening. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk and to you on Friday. Bye. Bye.